Dan Bongino. All the Sanders supporters love throwing bombs at me, and I throw them right back. I'm not here to pull any punches, right? The Dan Bongino Show. This is the great irony of conservatism. Even liberals win under conservatism. Get ready to hear the truth about America. Are you suggesting you're that stupid that other people can run your lives better than you can, even though the cost and quality of what they buy, quote, for you doesn't even matter to them? On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm ready to go, Dano. Dude, we have reached um, peak stupid. Um, <laughs> we have. We have reached peak insanity, peak stupid. Uh, It's just, I mean, every day it's a new incident where you you scratch your head and you say, (laughs) is this real? Like, is this, are we living in a comic book? Can this actually be happening? So let me give you a little background on what I'm talking about. All right. So last night, you know, I had a busy day yesterday. I was running around, had a ton of stuff to do. It was like back to school for my daughter. Uh, back to school night. So my wife and I are really busy. The school's not exactly around the corner. So we split the work. She works from home. I She drops off. I pick up. It was, it was really just a hectic day. You know, we do this thing for the church. It was a meeting last night after that. So we didn't get into Lomos, I don't know, 8.30. So I come in at 8.30 and I have a really open floor plan in my house. So when you're in the kitchen, you can see the TV. Right. So I've got Tucker Carlson on on Fox and I hear this story and he had he was doing the story right after a a uh, kind of a silly story where he was joking around about Trump tears. Mm-hmm. And so he was making a joke. But he segued almost seamlessly into this story about, if you haven't heard this, by the way, get ready to be floored. All right. He segues seamlessly into the story about an Asian American sports announcer for MSESPN, a branch of ESPN, that was supposed to be the announcer for a University of Virginia uh, football game. University of Virginia near Charlottesville and the, that whole area around there. The the Asian American man, his announcer, his name is Robert Lee. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay, so what? All right. Robert Lee, who is an Asian American, was removed from being an announcer on said football game because they all thought it would be a good idea because they were afraid his name, Robert Lee, oh. which is uh, the exact same name of Robert yeah. Lee, Robert E. Lee, the yeah. commanding Confederate, uh, uh, commander of Confederate forces during the Civil War, would offend people pursuant to the Charlottesville Confederate statues uh, incident we had a couple of weeks ago. He was subsequently removed. Now, let me be absolutely crystal clear, folks. <laughs> if you're listening to this thinking this is a joke, I 100% sympathize with you because when I heard the story, Given the seamless segue Tucker did between the Trump tear story, which was a joke, into this, I swear to you, on my life, I thought he was kidding. They had an ESPN, no, a Fox, excuse me, not an ESPN, a Fox Sports News reporter on, and I was waiting for them to say, this is a joke, we're just trying to highlight how stupid the left has gotten, how we've reached peak stupid in America, and how this isn't true. I was waiting, matter of fact, I almost got into a minor tiff with my wife right. because she's like, Dan. Well, she calls me something different, but it's nice. But she, let's just say Dan for the sake of this show. Cool. It's like, Dan, this is true. They would not be reporting this on Fox News like this without 
letting them people know in advance like they did with the Trump tears thing that it was a joke because you would, you know, you'd be called, what if people tune out halfway through and then Fox News would be, look, you guys are putting up fake news. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> She's like, there's no way this is fake. This is a real story. I'm like, Paula, there, th- th- no way. I know ESPN is full of liberal imbeciles, but there is no way they removed an Asian American sports reporter named Robert Lee from the sidelines because he has the same name as a Confederate general uh, who involved in a war that over 150 years ago. There's no way this is possible. But folks, it's a real story that actually happened. Now, yes, we've reached we've reached peak stupid, folks. This is the new world we are living with love. I'm going to give you a solution to this in a minute. I'm going to move on because I could rant on this all day and I don't like to waste your time. You're going to hear about this a lot. It's trending on Twitter now. You're going to get a lot of coverage in talk radio. I just want to give you my perspective on this because there's only one solution to this. One, we have reached peak stupid. This is what the left wants. The left wants everything to be boiled down to whatever outrages them is 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 going to be is going to be a way to alienate. Let me explain that better. I didn't say that right. Mm-hmm. This is a topic I brought up before in the past. Right. The reason the left likes to control the language and control the circle of what acceptable behavior is. And when I say the language, meaning now anybody named Robert E. Lee is going to def- is going to offend anybody. Um anyone who's any anyone who any insinuation or attachment to the Confederacy, however abstract, is going to be a reason to keep people off the air. They want to do it because what they define as offensive is going to be declared offensive. Now, ESPN is, you get what I'm saying, Joe? Like, ESPN has fallen into this trap of, despite the fact that Asian American Robert Lee, the sports reporter, has absolutely less than zero connection to Robert E. Lee, the Confederate general, it doesn't matter. They have fallen into the trap of if the left is offended, we're all to be offended. Therefore, said fringe position should be accepted by everyone. You get what I'm saying? Oh, I do, and I hate it. Yeah. It is it's this exact same reason why they change the language all the time. It's the exact same reason why they use the media to put out stories and feed false narratives to America. They want to convince you a position accepted by a fringe of Looney Tunes wackadoodle Americans are accepted on a widespread basis. And this Robert E. Lee story is another one. ESPN fell into the trap of believing that people would actually be offended by a sideline reporter, an Asian American man named Robert Lee, which is so outrageous, but it speaks to the power and the dominance of the left in the culture wars, which I brought up yesterday. They are winning the culture wars and they are losing everywhere else. There is going to be a backlash to this. I warned in yesterday's show, I'll warn you again. The politics for the left are going to get worse. They are going to start to take a bath at the local, state, and federal level even worse than they are now, despite the fact that they are getting destroyed and are at the lowest ebb of power the Democrat Party's had since 1920. Now, what's the solution to this? Ladies and gentlemen, I absolutely hate the idea of boycotts. I hate it. I've always hated it. I stood against it for the longest time. But I had a rude awakening when the uh, Mozilla thing happened. And the one of the founders of Mozilla, the web search company, had uh, spoken out or donated to a, a Prop 8 cause. And he was he was a relatively liberal guy otherwise, and they boycotted him. And I thought, you know, there's no other way to fight this fight other than to fight fire with fire. There is no other way. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's not ideal. And the reason it bothers me, this entire approach is boycotting either way, whether it's boycotting ESPN, boycotting Hollywood movies, boycotting the NFL, are decisions not made on the economics of the issue. 
And I think as a society, if we're going to grow and prosper economically, financially, and, you know, listen, the, the, the psychological prosperity that comes along with wealth, you know, you don't want to be poor. It's tough to be poor as a country. I mean, I know, this should be pretty obvious, not difficult to understand. These are decisions we're making based on tactical strategy, not economic ones. In other words, if your base level decision outside of any other nonsense is to go and watch the NFL, because you enjoy the NFL, then it's worth it for you to spend that time on Sunday. It's an economic decision you made. If you enjoy buying NFL jerseys, that's an economic decision you made. You're a rational maximizer. You think you'll be better off with that product. The fact that you're not choosing that product, despite the fact that you enjoy it and would be better off, is not a sound way to move forward. I totally get that. I totally get we are actually hurting ourselves economically. The problem is there is no other option. Because the other option, option two, is letting the left destroy the economy entirely for conservative Americans, conservative companies, while they in turn reap the benefits of all of our hard work. There is no other alternative. Mm. The only solution I have for you, and folks, this is getting harder and harder, but we got to get in the fight here. You know, I, I'll get to the boycott thing in a second, but I... I I'm not. I'm obviously not your preacher, and I, I I don't ever try to be. I'm a sinner, folks, like everyone else. But this is important. I was in church this weekend, and the uh, the 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 priest had a really great line. He said he was talking in his homily, and this is something I've I, I've I've tried to discuss on the show a lot: the value of suffering and how human suffering is supposed to mean something. And I think Jesus Christ's example through crucifixion was the value of suffering for human beings, how we're supposed to suffer, not necessarily obviously be crucified, but we're here to suffer for the better of uh, society, for the better of our fellow man, our friends and family. And he said something interesting. He said, you know, Jesus didn't only come to comfort the afflicted, but to afflict the comfortable. And guys, you know, ladies, it's time to afflict yourself with a little discomfort. You know, I wrote in my second book, you know, it's time to get big. Like we used to say in the Secret Service, you know, when the bullets fly, the, the yeah. instructors used to tell us, get big, get big, get big. So you'd get hit, not the fake president you were protecting during these exercises. Believe me, it hurt. These simunition rounds, you know what a simunition round is? Mm. It's a it's a plastic bullet with a, a soapy, waxy interior with a color. Mm. Those things hurt. Don't hurt like real bullets, thank God, but they hurt. And it get big, get big, get big, get hit, get hit everywhere. The face, the hands, anywhere. As long as the protectee's not hit. Well, it's time for the comfortable, a lot of us, to afflict ourselves. It's time for us to get big and take on a little suffering. I'm, again, I'm not lecturing anyone. I'm not telling you, I'm, I'm not speaking with forked tongue. It is really painful for me last year, as I said, to not watch the Super Bowl. Remember that show we did, Joe? Yeah. I had heard the next day was the greatest Super Bowl ever. I saw none of it, not a, not a second of it. Yeah, me either. Now, I don't really miss the NFL this year, I'll be honest with you, regularly, because I'm just used to it now. I've been boycotting for two years. But that hurt. These were little things, though. We have to start taking on these afflictions. And what I mean by that is if ESPN made this decision. It's time for you to cut the cord and blame ESPN. It's time for you to get rid of them. Don't log on their website. Don't use their stuff. If you can, I mean, some people can't. Frankly, folks, to be candid, I, I can't because I need cable news. It's the only way I can get it to do my show. If you don't need it, and there's another way, but I, I've, you know how many movies I've skipped? You know how painful it was for me to not go see Rogue One being a huge Star Wars fan? Hmm. You're like, what happened there? You had these imbeciles, uh, the writer of the show, oh, this is, uh, you know, Trump's an idiot or whatever it was. I'm like, I'm not seeing it. I'm not, I respect if you want to go see it, that's fine. Do your thing. I'm not. 
You know how hard that was? My daughter loves it. Those are family affairs. You know how many movies? I will never see another movie with Jennifer Lawrence in it. I wanted to see that movie Passengers. I had to wait for it to come out on, uh, on, on cable because she insulted Christians in Kentucky. It is time for us to afflict ourselves. It's the only way to fight back. It's the only way. You know, we have to start posting on Facebook and letting our, our feelings be known as well. I know it's hard for you. I know a lot of us have jobs and have friends. We don't want to lose our circle of friends, but do you want to lose your country? I mean, we're at the point now where we are seriously looking at losing our country, where an Asian-American sports reporter is kicked off a broadcast because he shares the name with a Confederate general who fought in a war 150 years ago. Folks, there's no alternative. You know, we are the most comfortable generation in American history, without a doubt. We have material comforts no one ever was privy to. Cell phones, flat screen TVs, clean food, you know, relatively clean air. We have, you know, our biggest problem in the United States is obesity when it comes to feeding ourselves. There was genuine starvation and food during the Great Depression. Real food lines. We have to start to afflict ourselves. It's not a lecture at all, folks. I get it. It's tough. Believe me, there are days I just want to pull out of this fight because I'm just mentally exhausted. Matter of fact, so I woke up this morning like I, I can't. I'm still astonished this story actually happened. But it's yeah. time to get big. The left's outrage campaign will never, ever, ever stop. Matter of fact, I did a hit on Fox News this morning and I said, you know, Mount Rushmore is going to be next. And the Fox News, as they accurately pointed out, I think it was Ainsley who said, no, Dan, they're already going after Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. The slippery slope is slippery, and it's getting sloperierier every single day. Columbus. The, the, the rise and the run are getting bigger every single day. It's, it's never going to stop. Columbus, right. I mean, as an Italian-American, how, how do you feel about that? Well, they've already started to bang down that statue in Baltimore. It was the oldest uh, statue of Columbus in America. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel about that while the left lionizes people like Al Sharpton and Bill Ayers? How do you feel about that? Let's uh, crap all over the, the legacy, however however tarnished of, uh, and, and imperfect of Christopher Columbus. I mean, this is it's never going to end, folks. All right. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to go on that long about that story, but it just is another example of the, the world we live in today, which is peak liberal insanity. You, it needs to be a full-blown economic boycott of anyone associating with this far-left crap. There's no other way. Don't spend the dime in any of these places. Don't go back to Target. Don't patronize ESPN. Nothing. All right, folks. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. You know I'm a big fan of these guys. Uh, they have a great product out there. It's the initial product. Yesterday, I talked about Dawn to Dust, but it's another product I really love. Matter of fact, I just took a dose before the show. It always gives me a nice uh, kind of giddy up before the show. And you'd be like, wow, Dawn to Dust? No, they have another great product called Foundation. Now, Foundation's a creatine ATP blend. Now, you may say, well, I don't need creatine ATP. You sure? Folks, you want to look a little bit better? You want to perform better? You want more energy during the day? You want your performance in the gym to go nuclear? Give this stuff a shot. And the nice, you know, air quotes here, side effect of this, because it's not a side effect, it's an effect, is you're going to look better when you take it. It's a terrific product. It's called Foundation. Again, it's a creatine ATP blend. It's like having two extra gas tanks in the gym. It gives your body the ability to work longer, to work harder in the gym. It's a fantastic product. And all I ask is that I'm so confident in this, is that before you take a shot of this stuff, it's about a seven-day lag time before it kicks in. But take a mental snapshot of what you look like in the mirror. 
you know, go give it a shot and then take this stuff for seven days after your workouts. You'll see, you'll look so much better. This stuff is terrific. I was so impressed. I took them on as my first sponsor. They've been with me ever since and the product sells like hotcakes. Go give it a shot. It's called Foundation. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Go pick up a bottle of foundation today. Let me know what you think at Daniel at Bongino.com. I get my email because I love the feedback because it's always positive and I send the stuff right on to Miles from the company. All right. Um, moving on a bit. The speech last night, uh, the Trump speech, uh, an interesting speech. He uh, interesting. I think anytime Trump speaks, it's always interesting. It's always becomes must. Did you see any of it, Joe? You're probably uh, no, asleep. This morning I saw some saw some clips and heard some. Yeah, I mean the gist of it is there were there were two takeaways. Number one, he's still really really upset about the media response to Charlottesville, and for all the media, and you know, again, I get it. People are going to say, "Ah, oh, Bongino, he's a Trump guy, whatever." Blah blah. Yeah, you're just being a jerk. Okay, if you're a listener to the show. You know, I'm not an anyone guy. I'm an ideas guy. Um, but I just want to quickly explain for a second my a perspective here. Having run for office, granted, nowhere close to the level of Donald Trump, but I ran for the U.S. Senate, won the GOP nomination, uh, ran for Congress, and we almost won the congressional seat. You know, we lost by a point. So I've been involved in some intense political races. And I know what it's like as a conservative or a Republican in Donald Trump's case to be accused of something as heinous as being a racist. I know what it's like because that's what every, every liberal does to every, if you're a Republican candidate listening right now or pondering being one, um, mark it down in your book and take it to the bank today. You will be accused at some point of being a racist. It doesn't matter if you're black, if you're Asian, if you're, if you're Muslim, if you're Hispanic, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Matter of fact, if you are a gay Republican, you will be accused of hating gays. There is no doubt about it. It's what the left does. But I would make the case to you strongly, and I'm absolutely convinced about this, Joseph, that being called a racist is probably, not probably, I would say is the ugliest thing in America you can call someone right now in politics. I think so, Daniel. Um, I don't think there's a worse, maybe terrorist, I don't know. Maybe they're on an equal scale. But calling someone a racist, that you don't have the intelligence to judge people by anything more than elevated melanin content of their skin, really is is just pure, I don't even want to say it, because I'll get into cuss words and it's not necessary during the show. Bottom line is, uh, it was a long-winded way of explaining the reason Trump went back to Charlottesville last night, because the punditry class is on Fox News and a lot of cable right now, and they're saying, why does he keep going back to this? Why, why, why? You know why? Because he's just a guy, okay? He's a man at heart. He's not a polished politician. Can we get past that? He clearly does not listen to his advisors who told him to let the Charlottesville response go and the media calling him a racist. He can't. He's a builder from Queens. I've explained this on this show repeatedly. There are two things I know well. I know builders and I know Queens. I grew up in Queens. I was there my entire life up until uh, the Secret Service when I got hired and had to move to Maryland. I know Queens better than anybody, okay? Tell me an area of Queens. I'll tell you someone we know over there. I grew up there, played basketball there. I 
hung out in some bars there, maybe. I everything my entire life was Queens. My <laughs> father was a building inspector for years. I'm very familiar with the entire arena. When you are a Queens builder, you're a fighter. You have to be a fighter. You're fighting the city that's constantly harping on you for building code stuff. You're fighting the unions who are constantly harping on you for more money and shutdowns. It is a ugly, tough job to be a developer anywhere in New York City. It's especially tough in Queens. And here's the Queens psychology you may be missing and why Trump is the way he is. He's a Queens guy. Mm-hmm. Queens guys and some women have a complex. I'm one of them. This is going to be self-deprecating, but it's true. In case any of you are ever wondering about Dan, why Dan is the way he is. I'm doing a Bob Dole talking about myself in a third person. <laughs> when you live in Queens, Queens people are like the the I don't know how to describe it. The middle class of the five boroughs, right? Mm-hmm. There are p- poorer areas of boroughs, right? If you have the Bronx, which is relatively poor outside of certain areas, there are. It's just a lot. There are a lot of lower income areas. These are just facts. Uh, do it at what you want. I'm telling you the facts. Brooklyn's kind of bipolar. You have really expensive areas of Brooklyn and really poor areas of Brooklyn. Then you have Manhattan, which is almost all rich. I mean, outside of really like maybe Washington Heights and stuff, there are Manhattan is all money all the time. So if you're a Manhattanite, you're like an elitist, uh, elitist snob. Like that's what people associate with you. This is I'm just giving you the New York inside baseball. If you're a Brooklyn or a Bronx kid, you're hard edged and you're tough, and people respect that too. So you, you follow me, Joe. So I'm if you're a Manhattanite, you get that respect because you're like you're you're, you're wealthy. You you know you got power, you got influence. You live in Manhattan, like <laughs> Thurston Howe. If you're a Brooklyn or a Bronx kid, you get that respect because like man. This dude is tough. I know. I grew up that way. People be like, I'm from the Bronx. They'd be like, whoa, don't mess with that guy. Hey. I just, but when you're in Queens, you're neither. The, the <laughs> Bronx and Brooklyn kids think you're a softy because you didn't grow up as hard as they do because it doesn't have as many lower income areas, Queens. Mm-hmm. It's generally middle class. And then the Manhattan people don't respect you like they didn't respect Trump because you didn't have enough money to live in Manhattan. So the complex these Queens guys always have is you're fighting both sides. You're not tough enough to be a Brooklyn or a Bronx kid. You're not rich enough to be accepted amongst the elites. So you constantly are an overachiever. It's what, I kid you not, it's what motivates probably 99% of what I do. The ability to prove people wrong, you know? (laughs) It is. And it's because you're never accepted by either side. This is the psychology of Donald Trump. This is why when you say to yourself, Why can't he let it go? This is why he can't let it go. His entire life has been an epic exercise in overcoming predetermined labels from people who surrounded him in New York. I've seen Donald Trump's personality in every single kid I grew up with in Queens. Every one of them. Combine that with the fact that he's a builder and he's constantly fighting unions and he's fighting New York City bureaucrats. Now you have a guy with a complex who's constantly thrown in the boxing ring trying to prove something. And you wonder why he he's not going to let go the fact that the media called him a racist in Charlottesville? Folks, I'm telling you, after last night's speech, for those of you in the media hoping he lets it go, oh, he's got to let this, and the Republican punditry class going, he's got to let this go and focus on his agenda. This is his agenda. That's what you're missing. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump's agenda is defending the legacy of Donald Trump. He is not going to allow you to call him a racist. That's just a fact. And, you know, I have to tell you, folks, it doesn't take a Trumpkin or whatever you want to call people who are loyal to Donald Trump. I'm I'm not. I'm loyal to ideas. 
I'm not a Trumpkin. I'm not a Trumpster, whatever stupid name you want to use. I'm just telling you, I don't blame the guy at all. If I was the president of the United States and I had a bunch of hack, disgusting media outlets calling me a racist, the worst thing you can call a human being, I'd be on this every single day. It's the media that did something wrong. It's not Donald Trump. His response to Charlottesville was to strongly in the strong, I'm quoting, in the strongest possible terms, condemn what happened. What what does strongest possible terms mean to you? Then he comes out again and says, okay, I get it. Maybe we didn't mention these groups specifically. I condemn the violence. Maybe he just assumed too much because he's a Republican, which he probably did. Of course, the media is going to go after you. So then he comes out and condemns these groups specifically, and it's still not enough. Why would he not go out there and defend himself? So takeaway number one is I'm telling you media folks listening. I know I have some. I got an interesting tweet the other day. Mm. Listen to the show. Yeah, interesting. Um, Forget it. He is not going to let Charlottesville go. And I'm telling you, if you're a Republican out there, too, in the punditry class who hates Trump, fine. You're free to feel how you want to feel. But lecturing the guy on what it's like to be called a racist, is, is just, it's never going to, he's not going to stop. He's going to fight this until someone admits, or apolog- admits they were wrong or apologizes to him. He's a builder from Queens. Don't ever, ever forget that. And the minute you grasp that, who he is, the minute you grasp it, You'll understand, you will, the why matters, not just for liberals, but for Trump too. The why will all make sense, why Trump does what he does. Okay, the second takeaway from the speech last night, which is important. Because folks, this marks a pretty substantial shift in in Republican politics if he runs with this. Mm -hmm. He said something last night that's kind of taken a backseat because of his response to Charlottesville, but was pretty darn profound. He said he's willing to go to a government shutdown over this border fence. Now... Folks, this is a big deal. Now, not for the reasons you may think, though. I'm not surprised that he said it, and I'm not surprised he still supports the border fence. He obviously realizes it's something that vaulted him to the presidency and has the support of a good portion of Americans and a particularly large group of supporters within his base. That's not mysterious. But this marks a catastrophic shift for the media right now in the way Republicans or some Republicans in the Trump camp are going to handle them. Folks, Republicans have run from the media and when it comes to government shutdowns if forever, ever since the, the, the Gingrich-Clinton shutdown in the 90s. They have run from it because the fear has always been that they are going to be blamed no matter what, which they are. Yeah. Now, there's a congressman, Joe and I both know, who shall remain nameless, but a supporter of his was talking to him once and asked him about a government shutdown and government spending. And he said exactly that. It's not that we don't know we're right. It's that the media won't be on our side. Folks, that has been the guiding principle of Republican politics for decades now, many decades. It's not that we're not right. It's that we have to do the Democrats bidding, including not shutting down the government because we're going to get blamed, even though we're right. That all changed last night. Donald Trump clearly laid out on the table last night saying this, I don't care anymore what the media says. I'm going to do what's right, what my supporters support, this building this border wall, something I ran on, and I'm going to keep this promise even if I have to shut down the government. If he sticks with this, this is a major seismic shift in the way the Republican Party leadership right now through the presidency is going to handle in the future the threat of a government shutdown. Because the minute the Democrats capitulate on this, everything changes in the future. 
If the Democrats really believe that a big, monolithic, mammoth-sized federal government is essential to the uh, functioning of every action you do in your life, how are they going to explain it away if Trump sticks to his guns on this and shuts down the government up until they sign a bill for this border fence? How are they going to explain to America when their life just goes on as normal? Folks, I got news for you. The way the government's funded now, your Social Security checks are going to arrive. Your military is going to be funded. There may be some federal workers who are whose paychecks come later, but they're going to get their back pay and everything. I assure you, your life is going to go on as normal. Essential workforce people are going to be paid. If he sticks to this, the Democrats are going to be devastated because they're going to have a really hard time explaining if this goes on. I'm not wishing for it. I really hope we can get we can get done without it. It shouldn't be a bargaining tool. But the fact that the Republicans have been have been uh, been blamed for this for years, these Republican shutdowns, despite the fact that the Democrats have been largely obstructionists on it, I think Trump can entirely change the game on this. Okay, I got a couple other great stories I want to get to today. But uh, have you signed up for CRTV yet? If you haven't, I would really appreciate if you give us a look. I've gotten some great reviews on our conservative content. CRTV is our conservative network. It's at CRTV.com. And we went out. We got some of the best conservative content producers out there. We have Mark Levin. We have Levin TV there. We have Steven Crowder's show, which is really funny, by the way. We have Michelle Malkin's show. It's like the conservative 60 minutes. I mean, some of the stories she does, you'll leave uh, the story. Go, wow, I never heard it that way before. It's really incredible. Her library of shows is amazing. We have Steve Dace's show. We have a lot of other things coming down the pipeline in the future, too. It's available at CRTV.com. It's available for a fraction of what you're paying per month per cable, and you're getting a lot of crap on cable. It's about it's less than $10 a month. I'll give you a promo code, too, to get you $10 off. The promo code is my last name, Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Put it in there at CRTV.com. You get $10 off. Go give us a look. Uh, I think you're really going to like what we have there. You can watch it on your smartphone. You can watch it on your tablet, your computer, sling it to your TV. It's a real great variety of conservative content. It's like a PhD course in conservatism, especially the Vin Show every day. All right. I saw a story today in the Wall Street Journal, which um, I'll put in the show notes. And it was really a disturbing story. And it's, it's something that's worried me for a long time, especially with the explosive growth of uh, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who wrote an op-ed. His name is Matthew Prince, and he works for a company called Cloudfare. It's a company I have, uh, I've heard of before, um, but I, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't really that sure what they did. Uh, it's an internet-based company, and it basically provides hacking prevention type services for the internet. Uh, apparently, they have a rather large base of customers, and Prince, who is uh, one of the founders of the company, he writes a very honest op and I got to tell you, Joe, it took a lot of stones to write this piece mm-hmm. because the mob right now after Charlottesville, um, the mob is looking for, for scalps. And this guy's opening himself up to pretty significant criticism by writing this piece in the Wall Street Journal, which has a pretty wide swath of readers. The premise of his piece is you can't operate a website without Cloudfare or something like it because you'll be hacked almost instantaneously and taken off the Internet. So he says, we have an enormous amount of power. Uh, the gist of it is if, if us and Google and Facebook decide you're not on the internet, you're gone. Goodbye. It doesn't take any government action. You get what I'm saying, Joe? Like you if bet. Cloudflare says, hey, no protection for you, the site would be hacked by hackers in, t- in 10 minutes and you'd be gone. Mm-hmm. So he's, I mean, this is the owner of the, I mean, the, the founder of the company. This is a pretty significant thing for him to say. And he says, I was responsible, our company, for the decision to take 
protection away and our company's services from the Daily Stormer, which is an abhorrent, disgusting neo-Nazi website. Let's just be clear about that, okay? Mm-hmm. We all get that. That's, I mean, that, again, only the only the liberals seem to be having a difficult time with this. Um, but the Daily Stormer is a, is a is it you know listen it's it's it is what it is. It's a horrible site. But he said, you know, I'm worried about this because he said he stewed for a while about taking their services away from them, knowing the site was going to come down afterwards. And I think it was GoDaddy or Google or whatever stopped doing hosting for them as well. So the site is down. And, and you know, granted, Joe, these are easy companies to call out. But mm-hmm. he brings up an interesting point about where's the line here, though. And I want to take a different angle he doesn't address on this. In other words, okay, granted, these guys are terrible. But once we start policing content, and remember, Joe, this is, and I'm not accusing Matthew Princess because I don't know where he stands on net neutrality. But remember, the left are big fans of net neutrality, right? And net neutrality, which we've discussed on the show, is premised on the fact that the left worships the idea of a bit is a bit is a bit. In other words, a bit of information anywhere over the internet should be treated the same. That's what they want to tell you. It's not really what net neutrality is about, by the way, but that's what they want to tell you it's about. What's fascinating now is the net neutrality supporter leftists who say a bit is a bit is a bit, now want to say, well, not exactly, Joe. Ah. This bit and that bit are not the same, so we should police that bit for content, but not this bit. Some bits are more equal than others. Some bits are more equal than others. Very good hmm. historical uh, analogy there. Um, this is a, was that, was that, that was a little Orwellian reference, I think. There, yes, I, I, The audience always corrects me if I'm wrong. But, folks, this you can't have it both ways. You can't say that, oh, a bit is a bit is a bit on economic terms, but a bit isn't a bit isn't a bit when it comes to content terms. Because once you start policing the content, what worries me about this is with the the explosive growth of artificial intelligence and these use of and it's happening right now, Joe, Mm -hmm. the use of artificial intelligence based filters to filter out so-called hate content. Yeah. Where does the line between hate content and just a differing political opinion end? Now, we get it. Obviously, the Daily Stormer has completely different opinions in both conservatives, liberals. I mean, no, outside of like the, the fringe neo-Nazi, no one supports this kind of stupidity. Right. But is that really the case with other groups? I mean, what about... Like a group that's always under attack. Uh, the, the What is it? The Federation for Immigration Reform. I think it's called FAIR or something. Mm. This is a group that's always under attack. They're called a hate group because they don't support open-ended immigration. Now, is that a hate group or is that just a difference on opinion on immigration policy? I mean, I think the answer is clear. It's obviously a difference of opinion. And my worry here is with the explosive growth of artificial intelligence using filters to discriminate between what a hate group and what a non-hate group is, you're going to have anyone who's a conservative effectively kept out of the public sphere, Joe, because the modern public sphere is the Internet. (laughs) So what are these days, folks? I mean, we're not very far in the future. I mean, it's happening now. But I'm talking about on an even more mass scale is it that unlikely that in the future is public pressure from these fringe left elements that want you to believe that Robert E. Lee should be kicked off a sideline because he's an Asian American reporter who shares a name with a Confederate general? Is Are we very far in the future from those fringe elements of the left getting Facebook to believe that anybody who posts an alternate opinion on taxes or charter schools is a racist too and should be kicked off and subject to artificial intelligence filters? Folks, we may not be a long way away from a liberal and conservative internet. I'm not kidding. And if you think there's not a historical precedence from this, you missed the advent of uh, the, uh, uh, excuse me, the birth of Fox News. 
you know, when I was when I was a Secret Service instructor in the academy, we had was it, I think it was Roger Ailes who came. I'm pretty sure. Forgive me for not remembering, but I'm pretty sure it was Roger Ailes who came down to speak at one of our who was one of the Fox News founders and and creators of the idea of Fox News. And he brought up an interesting point that he was speaking to a graduation class of agents. This is about 15 years ago. And he said something fascinating. He said that, uh, I mean, it really isn't fascinating, but I guess it was to the liberal media. He said he was shocked that conservative America didn't have its own news outlet. Like it was obviously between 45 and 50 percent of America, depending or 40 and 50 percent, depending on what poll you look at, conservative America. And the media was obviously uh, dominated by liberals that he couldn't believe no one had thought of the idea sooner. So Fox News happened and became the world's most powerful um, you know, cable news entity. By the way, I'll be on Outnumbered tomorrow. We'll have a show tomorrow, of course. We tape early, so it's not a big deal. But make sure you tune in to Fox at 12 noon. See me on the couch tearing it up <laughs> for an hour. So, um, Folks, I think we are on the precipice of seeing the development of a conservative internet as well. I, I I don't mean, inter- I mean, it's obviously going to use the same transmission cables and things like that. But I think we are on the precipice right now of conservative social media, a conservative YouTube tight en- entity. We've already seen the development of CRTV where we're immune from this sponsor pressure because we're supported by subscribers like you. We don't have to worry about it. I think you're going to see that. You're already seeing it, obviously, in editorializing with Breitbart, Conservative Review, Daily Caller. But I think you're going to see a fork in the road. And a schism is more and more of this happens. The development of AI starts segmenting people into hate mongers and non-hate mongers based on arbitrary characteristics and political beliefs. I think you're going to see eventually some very wealthy people who coalesce behind the idea of an entirely conservative media ecosystem, including the Internet. Maybe a bold prediction, but, you know, Roger Ailes had a bold prediction, too. I don't think we're that far off from it. All right, folks, don't miss tomorrow's show because I got to. Let me just tease this quickly. I don't do a lot of teasers because I don't like to waste time, but tomorrow's show is going to be critical. I I got a story. to. uh, This is really bothering me. I'm seeing more and more because people are tweeting at me this idea of the Southern strategy and the party switch. I got a couple news stories I want to hit tomorrow too, but this uh, the party switch myth, the idea, and I mentioned it the other day, but I don't think I debunked it in full detail. This is being used more and more after Charlottesville, the idea that the Democrats were not the historical party of racism and, the, and slavery in the South, which they were unquestionably. They're, they keep pitching this idea to people, which is a myth, it's nonsense, it's garbage, that, oh yeah, they were, but then they all switched to Republicans. It's nonsense. And it's being used repeatedly by your liberal friends to justify the racist democratic history of the party. I have about, I took a while putting this together. I was going to cover some of it today, but I want to rush through it. I have about 20 points totally debunking this crap for your liberal friends where you can make them just fools, make fools out of them. It's just nonsense. So don't miss tomorrow's show. And uh, please join my email list at Bongino.com where I'll send you the daily uh, show notes every day in your mailbox. I appreciate it, folks. Thanks a lot. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.